What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti. And if this is your first time here on the Finn Sports Football Podcast, welcome. Glad to have you here. If it's not your first time, welcome back. Always appreciate you guys tuning in every episode. And today, I wanted to take a deeper dive, a deeper look into the preseason week one game that the Dolphins played against the Bears this past Saturday uh, before we put it to rest and we move on to practice against the Falcons um, and the preseason game. This is probably going to be the most uh, realistic or important preseason game uh, because this is like what preseason three would be. Uh, which is normally when you put your starters in for most of the game, uh, you implement some stuff that you're going to be doing in the regular season. So we're going to get into that uh, later on in the week as we uh, gear towards the matchup against the Falcons. But today I wanted to do a deeper dive into the Chicago Bears game because what I did on Saturday right after the game was just my initial reactions. I just gave you very vanilla um, these were my first, you know, reactions to it. Uh, my initial reaction to Tua, to the defense, the offensive line, all that good stuff. Um, so today, uh, again, let's, let's, let's go deeper into this matchup and I'm going to specifically, uh, just target the first team offense, defense, and special teams. I understand that like there's more players on the team, but I'm just going to focus on the guys that are going to be starting, right? Uh, because that's mainly who my focus is on. Okay. So let's start offense. Uh, we're going to go again by unit. We'll go offense, defense, then special teams on offense. We'll do the run game, the pass game defense. We'll do the run defense, pass defense. And then in the kicking game, we'll do, uh, kickoffs, uh, punts, kick returns and punt returns. And we'll kind of like break all of it down and, and what I liked, uh, what I didn't like from everything. So let's start with the offense. Um, let's start with the pass game. And I want to start here because I stand by what I said about the offensive line after the game. And that was that it was a poor performance. It was not good by any stretch of the imagination. They got manhandled the entire time. That was my initial reaction. And I stand by it like 99%. Um, but I do want to change one little thing about what I said. So when I went back and I rewatched the film, what I noticed is something that I forgot I even mentioned when I was live tweeting the game. The offensive line, especially, again, we're talking about the passing game. The offensive line didn't get manhandled as much as I thought they did. Um, Jesse Davis had help on like every pass attempt. So that's why he looked, you know, that's why he didn't get blown out as much. Um, but in the passing game, you know, some of it had to do a lot of it had to do with Tua just being, having a quick release, knowing where to go with the football, great elite pocket presence. Um, but like what I tweeted during the game is, the offensive line on pass snaps was either getting manhandled or manhandling the defensive line. Um, and it's kind of strange to me uh, because, again, like I don't like inconsistency in any area of life, let alone in my, in my football team, the people protecting my quarterback. Um, but the offensive line was just inconsistent. Like There were times where Tua had a lot of time to throw the football. 
you know, we'll, we'll talk about the interception in just a little bit, but there were a lot of times where he had a good amount of time to throw, and that's why he was clicking. That's why the offense was clicking, uh, because he had time to throw, and then he himself was making good decisions. But there were also other instances where guys like Austin Jackson, Michael Dieter, Jesse Davis were just getting like, I mean, they were on the ground or a guy was just running past them. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing. Uh, And that is a big issue of concern. Now, I will stand by what I said. The Bears defensive line, I think, will probably be like a top five unit this year. Um, and, and, and so like the offensive line, while it was not good at all, and it's going to be an issue if we don't address it kind of as much as we can, um, it's not going to look that way every week. I don't think I I seriously like believe that I don't think it's going to be that way every week. I think that like against the Atlanta Falcons, I expect the offensive line to look better because the, the, the Falcons defensive line doesn't really have that many good players. The main guy they have on their defensive line is Grady Jarrett. Um, But aside from that, like, again, you look at the Bears defensive line, like, and it's stacked all over the place, right? Just like Akeem Nix and Khalil Mack alone. It's like, my goodness, like their, their defense is stacked. So, you know, the offensive line, while it was bad, I don't think it'll be like that every single Every single week. I, I don't think that will be the case, and I hope it's not the case. Um, because if it is, I mean, yikes. That's that's not going to be good. Um, let's get into Tua talking about the passing game. Um, Tua was sharp. Again, Like I, I, there wasn't really anything I saw in the game uh, that I had to like re-watch, and it changed my opinion, uh, except the interception, which we'll address at the very end of the uh, me talking about Tua, but Tua looked sharp. Again, his arm, people, uh, okay, people keep talking about Tua's arm as if, like, he needs to have a cannon. Tua's never going to have a cannon. He didn't have one in college when people thought he was one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever come out of college. He didn't have one last year because he wasn't healthy. He's not going to have a cannon this year, guys. Like, that's that's not who Tua is, and it doesn't. he doesn't need to be. Some people think just because the best quarterback in the league right now is Patrick Mahomes that like you have to have that type of arm to be successful and that's not the case like Tom Brady's winning Super Bowls at the age of 43 because of his rec- his ability to understand defenses and his anticipation and that's what it, it comes to with quarterback like yeah it's nice to have this fancy arm that can do whatever you want but at the same time like if if you can't read defenses it doesn't matter what that arm can do Right, doesn't matter if you could sling it as as fast as you know possible. Like if you could throw a ball 80 miles an hour, it doesn't matter. And Tua, what's going to take him to that next level is not arm strength. Like he's healthy enough, he can throw the ball far enough and hard enough. I promise you. The thing that Tua is going to need to get better at, which is the case with every young quarterback, is just his ability to process defenses. And the longer he's in the NFL, the more he sees, the better he's going to get. Right, because when you have that type of accuracy and that type of anticipation and pocket presence, oh my God! Like when he understands defenses completely, which probably won't happen until next year, his third year, uh, when he starts like having a good grasp of defenses. Look out, because like uh, what I saw from the preseason is elite pocket presence, elite accuracy on many throws, uh, and not just like everyone just talks about that throw to Mac Collins. 
Like, I don't even talk about that. The throw to Adam Shaheen that was dropped, and I give Adam Shaheen a pass on that because, like, it's preseason. Like, if a quarterback, if I'm going to give Tua a pass for his interception, like, he needs to learn from it. Like, Adam Shaheen dropped a football. You know, he didn't have a drop issue last year. You're just getting back into the swing of things. They might cut him because of COVID. Who knows? I have no idea. Um, But, like, he dropped a football, whatever. But on that throw, Tua's accuracy was elite. On the Matt Collins throw, both of them, one of them was called back because of a holding, elite. Um, and on the one pass to Mike Kosicki, that was like, a, it was a controversial first down. I didn't know if they got it or not, but they gave it to him. Uh, like his accuracy was elite um, on Saturday. And now in regards to the interception that he threw, so I went back and watched it. And at first, my initial reaction when I saw it was, that was not a good decision, which it wasn't. But I thought he made the wrong read. Like, I thought he threw the football into double coverage, which he did. However, if you go back and rewatch the film, Tua made the correct read. And he threw to the right guy he was supposed to. The issue was he threw it late. Okay? And so I rewatched the film. The guys start off, the defense started off in single high safety, but it switched to cover two. So Adam Shaheen was doing, I think, a deep post. And if Tua throws it a half a second earlier, that's an easy touchdown. He was wide open. The problem is, like Tua said in his post interview, if you throw late over the middle in the NFL, it's picked off, right? This isn't Madden, okay? If you throw late in over the middle in the NFL, it's picked off. And that's what happened with Tua, which is why when I said like about the pass game protection, He had all the time in the world, not all the time in the world, but he had like three seconds on that play at least to throw that football, and he waited till three seconds to throw it. If he goes back, goes through his progression, and just makes that throw a little quicker, then it's a touchdown. And at first I was like, he should have run with it. He shouldn't have run with it because there's a defender. If you go back and watch the film, there's actually a linebacker waiting for him. Like, if he would have run it, he maybe would have gotten a yard at most, and he would have taken a hit. You don't want that. Um, So what he should have done, and the correct read that Brian Flores was alluding to after the game was he should have gone through the progression quicker and thrown it to Adam Shaheen just a half second earlier because he was wide open. Like, if you go watch right when Tua should have thrown it versus when he did, He looks open both times, but one of them, if he throws it earlier, it's an easy touchdown, like easy. Easy conversion, touchdown, two ends of the game, uh, nine for 11, 114 yards and a touchdown. And people are talking about like how amazing he is. He waits a half second long, it's an interception, and now we're sitting here and some people who don't know what they're talking about are saying how Tua didn't look good, Tua is this, Tua is that, same old Tua, like you don't know what you're talking about. Go rewatch the film. This is what preseason's for. Now they're going to look at that and they're going to say, okay, I know in this play, I need to look at Adam Shaheen sooner because if I get this same type of look on this play, he's going to be open. Okay. And that's what preseason's for. You run plays, you see what works, you see what doesn't. You, more importantly, preseason is how do players react to in game live situations? And Tua now can say, okay, real game situation. I didn't react to this play fast enough. Now I know. It's that easy. Correction. It's done. It's not that big of a deal. It was Tua's fault. 
Adam Shaheen should have come to the ball more, but Tua just threw the ball late. That's on him. You move on. It's not a big deal. Okay, now as far as the run game, finishing off the offense, the run game was atrocious. It's as simple as that. There's no, there's nothing I watched in the run game where I was like, oh, okay, that's better than I thought. The run game is where the offensive line struggled badly. Like, it was any success we had on the run game was because Malcolm Brown, who I kind of crapped on more than I should have after preseason week one on Saturday. Uh, Malcolm Brown actually got us more yards than we should have had on the ground, and he didn't even have that many. Um, if you go back and watch like a majority of the snaps, just like basically every single running snap, when Malcolm Brown or Miles Gaskin, whoever's back there, got the ball in their hand, there was already a Bears defender waiting for them. That cannot happen, okay? And this is why when I said pre-draft, and post-draft, and I'll say it till the day I die, you need offensive line before running back. I don't care how much you want a running back. I could care less. If you don't have an offensive lineman to block for them, it doesn't matter. If you would have put Najee Harris or, you know, Derrick Henry back there against the Bears, the same thing would have happened. Because if you get the ball in your hand as running back and there's already a guy waiting for you, there's only so much you can do. Like, there was only, like, one running back who was great at that, and that's Barry Sanders. Okay, other than that, it's pretty hard for a running back to succeed without a good O-line. And that's why the running game sucked against the Bears. And that's why if it doesn't improve, it's going to suck when you go against good teams with good defensive lines. It's going to suck. Um, you know, I'm looking. Let me let me pull up the schedule real quick, actually. going to go on my phone real quick and pull up the schedule. I'm trying to see who on the Dolphins' schedule has, like, a really good defensive line. Like, the Patriots and Bills, to start off, they're going to have a good defensive line. Um, the Colts and Buccaneers will have a good defensive line. The Bills, again. The Ravens will have a good one. Um, and the Saints will have a good one for sure. So, if I look at all the teams, one, two, three, four, five, six. At least, ha at least seven to eight of our games, almost half of our games go up against good defensive lines. So that's going to be an issue because if you can't run the football and you are in a run-pass offense, an RPO, then like you're just a pass offense, right? It's that simple. If you can't run the football, then you're not an RPO offense. You're just hoping to God that Tua can win you the game every single Sunday. And that's, that's not a recipe for success. So the run game was an issue. I didn't think the passing game was an issue. Um, obviously, yeah, they got manhandled on a couple of plays. But then again, their defensive line is elite. And I don't think that'll be the case every single week. Um, and there were a lot of instances where they had a good pass protection. Like most of Tua's successful passes, except the one to Matt Collins, was good pass protection. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was in the past game, but the run game was absolutely atrocious. It was like, it's hard to watch, right? Now let's go to defense. Spent a lot of time on offense. We'll go to defense right now. Uh, on the defensive side of the football, there's not really much to complain about. Uh, I mean, like, it's hard to talk about the defense because when you do, like, I don't want to crap on Justin Fields or, like, the Bears because... I hate crapping or, or, or like 
putting down rookie quarterbacks. Like Justin Fields, I think, if you go back and listen before the draft, I think Justin Fields is going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. I do. Um, I think he was way too cocky after this game. It's preseason, week one. They didn't even scheme for you. They put out base defenses. They were basically in man coverage every play. Um, And I think he got way too cocky. Uh, The defense was elite. It was elite. And we didn't even have Xavier Howard or Byron Jones or Emmanuel Ogba. We didn't have Jalen Phillips. Um, There were a lot of players that, like, didn't even start. Uh, And the fact that our, our three of our best players on defense didn't start and we still didn't allow them to have one first down until 30 seconds left in the half. Like, think about that. I want you to just sit there right now, listening, wherever, if your car, bedroom, wherever you are, the dolphins did not allow a first down until 27 seconds left in the first half. Okay, that was with Andy Dalton, that was with Justin Fields, that was first team, that was second team. Nothing. When Justin Fields went out there against the first team and second team defense, he was 5 for 10, 59 yards, an interception nearly, it should have been an interception, it was just a drop ball, um, and two fumbles in the same drive. He, he was. It was bad, it was not good at all. Same thing with Andy Dalton. So like this defense, and I've said this and I stand by it, if we can rush the passer, create more pressure, and if we can just stop, do a better job at stopping the run, like this defense could be the best in the NFL, not just in uh, points allowed per game, in yardage, in everything, time of possession, everything. Like Christian Wilkins looked the real deal. Raquan Davis looked good. Um, and we didn't, again, we didn't even have Agba, who apparently is looking phenomenal. We didn't have our best player on the team, Xavier Howard, and I don't think he'll play all preseason probably. Why would he? Um, or Byron Jones, who, yeah, he's not as good as X, but like he's our second best cornerback. And we didn't even have them, and, and we didn't allow them to have one first down. Like, think about it. It's not like a touchdown or, or getting on the opposite side of the field. They, they went three and out for nearly one whole half of football. That's crazy good. Um, and so there was, there was nothing much I saw about the defense that I didn't like. The only thing I didn't like was there was a play where Christian Wilkins, it was like the first run, I think. Christian Wilkins did an excellent job of shedding the tackle, um, and he should have wrapped up his guy. Um, it, it was a run play. I forget who exactly was the running back, but it should have been a tackle for loss. Instead, it was like a two-yard gain because he missed the tackle. That was really the only negative from the first and second team defense. Then, like at halftime, it was 13-3. to Okay? When the starters, when it mattered, it was 13-3. to Then we put out our third-string quarterback and offense and defense, and Justin Fields, rightfully so, did well because he's going up against guys who probably won't be on the team. And also, he needs to get those reps. That's why he was out there for long. Uh, but he looked great against our third-team defense, but it doesn't matter. You know, I don't care about our third-team defense. Uh, so, yeah, run D, pass D, everything looked good on defense. Um, and if we can just continue to improve, obviously this isn't the ceiling. We just need to continue to improve and get better. Um, and if, like, realistically, guys, if we can stop the run against the Patriots, um, 
because that, that was our issue last year. If you go back and watch the two games last year, the difference between week one and week, I, I forget what week it was where we played the Patriots. Was it 15, maybe? Week 15 where we played the Patriots and beat them. The difference was our ability to stop the run game. And if Cam Newton's starting from what I saw in preseason, like he looks bad. Okay, he can't complete. He can't throw the football anymore. It's just his arms like d- destroyed. It's gone. So if you can stop the run against the Patriots, which will be hard, um, if you can stop the run, like that's a win. Because I don't see what about the Patriots is better than the Dolphins, other than their running game. There's nothing. And and with running game, I mean the offensive line as a part of that. So, yeah, like defense looked phenomenal. No complaints there. And then on special teams, um, you know, with the special teams, I, again, it's it's similar to the defense. There's not really much to complain about. Um, Michael Pilardi, from what I've heard from camp, is he's a dude. Okay, he got injured in 2020, but before that he was like a top five punter in the NFL. Dolphins got him for very cheap, and that was the one issue with our team last year. The one issue on on special teams last year was our punting game. There were so many punts where Matt Hawk just like shanked it, or it was a short putt uh, punt, um, and that was the main issue. We know Jason Sanders is going to be a goat. He was two for two from field goals. Apparently, he's only missed like one field goal all of camp. Uh, he's going to be great. I, I have no issue about that. He's the second best kicker in the league, just out of respect to Justin Tucker for the longevity he's had. Like, he's the second-best kicker in the league right now, Jason Sanders. Uh, You have a phenomenal punt returner with Jakeem Grant, um, and and no one should debate that. Jakeem Grant, I have an issue with him as just a— like, if you're going to pay him that much money, which he's getting paid $4 million, just to be a punt returner, it's just like, why? You know? Like, if you're paying him $4 million and he's pretty good as a receiver and also gives you that in the punt return and kick return, there's no, he, he definitely needs to be on the team. But the issue is you can really only use him as a returner because once you put him in the pass game, he's a liability. He might drop the football, right? And it's happened many times. Uh, but Jakeem Grant looked like Jakeem Grant in return game, like on punt returns, had a 22-yarder and a 34-yarder back-to-back. Uh, Jalen Waddle, his only touch of the game was on a punt return. Uh, 26 yards and he was running half speed. Like, again, look for qualities, look for traits, characteristics. He looked agile. He looked quick. He looked shifty. I don't need to see him catch a football. I know he can. I know he's been balling out in camp. Like, I saw what I needed to out of Jalen Waddle. He looked exactly, if you put on an Alabama uniform through like Photoshop, it looked exactly like Alabama Jalen Waddle. So I don't need to see, like, I don't need to see him catch 5 million balls in preseason. I know he can catch a football. I know they will throw the ball his way. And I was also told that a lot of packages that they used for Jalen Waddle, they're not going to be running a lot of them in preseason because they don't want to give it away, realizing how heavily they're going to have to rely on him, especially week one. So for those of you that asked me, I got clarification on that. Don't expect to see a, a crazy amount of Jalen Waddle because they don't want to give away how they're going to use him. And I'm told he has literally packages just for him, right? So just keep that in mind. Um, if you're like, how come Jalen Waddle didn't get as many targets or he wasn't as prominent on offense, that's why. Like, he'll he'll be fine. Don't worry. Um, 
But yeah, like punting looked great. Uh, the the coverage on the punts and kicks looked great. Um, the punt returners looked great. The kicker, Jason Sanders, looked great. Like everything looked great really on the team. There wasn't anything I had complaints about on off or on in in general with our first team. The main issue was just the offensive line in the run game. Like if the run game was better, if we were consistently like running the football, I would be fine with how it was in the pass game. It was the fact that the run game was atrocious and the pass game was below average, significantly below average. Um, and, and you know, that's just an issue. We'll see how this offensive line improves over time or how they do against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, on a defensive line. That's not nearly as good as the bears. Uh, that'll be very telling because if they do well, we just know, okay, they're just not that to that point where they can hold up against elite D lines. And if they don't do well, we know, okay, they just suck because the Atlanta Falcons shouldn't pose a, a, a huge issue to you. Okay. Um, yeah, but again, like wide receivers, I, I can't really say anything about the wide receivers because none of them started. <laughs> so like, what am I supposed to say? Your best wide receiver out there was Matt Collins. Mike Kosicki looked good. I am not shocked by that. Um, again, Tua, like Tua was fine. The issue is not Tua. Tua Tua made a mistake. He threw the ball too late. If he throws it earlier, it's a touchdown. He finishes the game 9 for 11, 114 yards and a touchdown. Instead, you that that's the NFL. Like if you could describe the NFL, if I could describe the NFL in one sentence, Tua went from in, in a half a second, he went from 9 for 11, 114 and a touchdown to 8 for 11, an interception and 98 yards. In a half a second. If he would have just thrown it a half second sooner, it's a touchdown. So, like, that's the NFL, man. And that's what these preseason games are for. Now he knows that. It's not like he didn't know how to read a defense. It's not like he threw it into, like, triple coverage or he threw it and, like, Daniel Jones in that practice video threw it right to a linebacker. No. He just threw it too late, tried to fit it into a tight window, and it didn't work. He'll learn from that. He'll move on. Like, that's the least of my worries. That is the least of my worries. Um, but, yeah, other than that, guys, that's what I saw from the game uh, when I rewatched it. Now, as far as the Atlanta Falcons practice and um, preseason game. So, I'll talk more about what, like, obviously, as reports come out about practice, I'll be talking about them. But just kind of what I expect from it. I expect. What I care about in these practices is the defense. So against the Bears, I didn't really care about their offense because I don't believe in Matt Nagy as a coach. I think his offense is just like, like I, I it's just never been good. Um, so like what I cared about with the Dolphins against the Bears was our offense and our offensive line, which is why I focused on it so much. Against the Falcons, I care about our secondary and our defense because the Falcons have a good offense a high-powered offense they should. Um, so what I'm looking for is our defense. Eric Rowe against Kyle Pitts, I'm looking forward to those type of matchups. And also, again, let's let's see how the offensive line performs against an average-to-below-average defensive line. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll be breaking down uh, training camp uh, practices against the Falcons as the week goes along. And then, obviously, before the preseason game, based off what I've heard from practice – and 
you know, the fact that you'll see a lot of the first string players because it is this is basically dress rehearsal coming up. This is preseason week three coming up. Uh, it's it's week two this year, but but it's actually week three. So I expect to see Tua for at least a whole half, maybe even into the third quarter. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be very interesting. I'm very excited for it, as you should be. Um, as usual, guys, thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate your uh, support on the podcast. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with friends. And as usual, fins up. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.